Welcome to another episode of the In the Limelight podcast. I'm Clarissa Burt, founder of In the Limelight Media, where we enlighten, entertain, and educate our listeners. You are tuned in to HealthWise 360 with Christy Cordingly. Enjoy. Hello, and welcome to this episode of HealthWise 360, a creation of Clarissa Burt, founder of In the Limelight Media. I'm your show host, Christy Cordingly, and you'll be able to see this interview on In the Limelight TV, which is distributed on Roku, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, and 100 other smart TV apps. The audio version of this interview can be heard wherever you listen to your podcasts. And today, I'm really excited to be interviewing uh, Dr. Chris Whaley. He was a professional wrestler, the saint, for 10 years. After he got into the sport at the age of 24, he wrestled four world champs, including The Undertaker and The Ultimate Warrior. Uh, He wrote a book about his transition from wrestler to Baptist minister, which he has been for over 30 years. His first book, The Mass Saint, based on his life story of wrestler to pastor to vigilante, was made into an award-winning movie. It was the ICFF Best Picture in 2015. His second book, Harold's Heavenly Christmas, will be soon made into a movie of the week. And last year, the age of 68, he got back into the ring. You're back wrestling. And he's been married to his high school sweetheart for 48 years. And they have two married daughters and six grandchildren. So welcome to the show, Chris. Really excited to have you on. Hey, thank you so much, Chrissy. It's great to be with you and a real treat to meet you and to be on your show. Thank you. Thank you. So you really do have an incredible story and there's a lot to unpack. But let's start with... At you as a child, because I know you have some really great stories from when you were younger. You have a story. Did you know as an adult that you would ever enter professional sports? Did I know? Uh, as, as a an, child, yeah, that you would grow up and be a professional athlete. No, you know, I, that that was very far-fetched for me because I was that sickly kid constantly in and out of the hospital, mm-hmm. uh, mostly with the pneumonia. In the fourth grade, I had polio, viral encephalitis. I was in the hospital for three months. I had to learn to walk all over again. And I, I could have never imagined as a child that I would have the opportunity to do what I loved watching on TV, you know, when you're in the hospital, you get your days and your nights mixed up and late at night, about the only thing on in those days was professional wrestling. And so I watched it as a child and just absolutely loved it. And then, um, you know, when, when I was out, my dad, if I could get him to take me to a live show, what a treat that was. And to think that one day, I would be in the squared circle was just far-fetched, but I was so, so thankful that uh, it worked out that way. Absolutely. Now, I just want one more question about your childhood, because I think this is really important for mental health sake, and probably because you were sickly and, and had, you know, challenges. Sometimes our schoolmates or children in our neighborhoods are not so kind, right, if we have differences like that. So you did experience some bullying. How did you handle it? And what strengths did you build out of that experience? Well, I had a a wonderful mentor whenever I was a child. She's in my book, uh, Miss Edna. She was a precious little African-American lady. And she got her husband to uh, teach me how to box. I mean, he was a boxer. And so he, he taught me that. And of course, she was very adamant about making sure that this is this is for protection. This is not for, you know, to go out and beat people up or whatever. And so I I was very thankful for that. But before that happened, 
uh, I was a pretty smart kid and I, I found somebody who was bigger than the bullies and uh, was able, and I worked a lot of part-time jobs too. So I was able to pay the bigger guy to protect me from the bullies. So you, you got to do what you got to do. Uh, but it was a lot more fun being able to protect yourself. Yeah. So I had to do that. And bullying today, um, I mean, it is just uh, out of control how our, our kids are experiencing bullies, bullying today. And uh, I do everything that I can whenever I get the opportunity to speak and talk about bullying. And one of my uh, closest friends, uh, Mark Marrow, uh, has a great organization called Champion of Choices, and he's doing a tremendous job of going into the schools and talking to kids about bullying and doing all that he can. So we have to work at it and make sure that it it stops. Absolutely. It's nice to see in schools things like Roots of Empathy and other programs that they're starting to really bring some of these compassionate skills that we're meant to have as humans and live as a community, right? It's nice to see. And that's, that's a really great organization. Thank you for sharing that. So tell us a little bit now about how you got into wrestling and what the life of a pro wrestler is like, and maybe share uh, how real it is. Cause I know sometimes people think a lot of it is just choreographed or fake, but, but let's start with how you got into wrestling. Yeah, I yeah I met my uh, my wife when I was 16 years old, and uh, she she's such a brilliant lady. We've been married 48 years, and uh, she she knew exactly what she wanted to do. She wanted to be a high school math teacher, and I majored in lunch in high school. I didn't care about anything in those <laughs> days. I uh, I followed her to college. And the only reason I went to college was because of her. And that was where my life really changed while I was there. So we uh, we graduated from college together, came back to my hometown. Uh, I was looking to, uh, to find a church as a youth minister, and she was teaching at her alma mater. And um, I was working out. I was in the best shape of my life. I mean, physically, I was just doing so great and uh, one day I came home, I was reading the paper, and I, in the sports section, it said, wanted professional wrestlers. I got so excited. I jumped up, went over to my wife, who was grading papers, and showed it to her. And she just kind of rolled her eyes and went back to grading papers. And, uh, but I, I put a bag together, and I drove over to Tampa, Florida. And I went into that gym, and there was a guy that I had watched while I was growing up. Uh, he was a, one of the baddest of the bad guys. Uh, he wrestled as the great Malenko. And uh, I talked to him. He told me what was involved. Uh, I got in the ring that night and started practicing. And I was just overwhelmed with it. And I, I, I could not get enough of it. And so I just, uh, from that day forward, I was hooked on, on getting... All of that, um, you know, uh, all those things that I had loved to watch as a kid, now I'm doing. So it, it was awesome. And uh, I, from that day forward, I was hooked. And what was, so now you're a professional wrestler. What is, what does your daily life look like? And, and how, how real is the experience? You know, it is, it's, it, it's pretty awesome, uh, because you know, you're going to get to do every night what you love doing and all. 
but uh, it it took some adjustments. It took some adjustments in marriage. It took some adjustments uh, with everything I was doing. Um, of course, you know, looking forward to going into the ministry, and that kind of got put on hold for a moment while I got into wrestling, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and also um, you, you're dealing with a lot of injuries. Uh, you're dealing with uh, a little bit of bullying in the ring by other professional wrestlers. So you just each each day was an adventure of itself. But um, I, I didn't care. You know, I just loved doing what I was doing. And um, yeah, even today, you know, I still have those great memories of the past of getting in the ring and working against some of the greatest guys in the business. So. Um, I'm I'm still hyped on professional wrestling, even at this age. That's awesome. And you did have quite a few injuries, like through your wrestling career, right? I had I had so many injuries. <laughs> I, I crushed my ankle. I had five knee surgeries, both ACLs, MCLs, uh, dislocated hips, uh, broke pelvis, all my ribs. I broke them, my sternum, both collarbones. I've had both shoulders surgically repaired and over a hundred concussions. Oh my word. So, you know, I love when I go to speak, which I I get the opportunity to do that. And you always have somebody come up and say, uh, wrestling's fake, isn't it? (laughs) And I think, you know, if it is, somebody forgot to tell me. How do you fake a body slam? How do you fake getting thrown out of the ring onto a concrete floor? How do you fake getting hit with a steel chair? You know, you can't, you can't fake those things. So uh, you just, uh, <clears throat> you, you find adventure in everything you do as a professional wrestler. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. So now how did you turn from wrestler to working in the ministry? And I love in some of your writing, you share that you handled people more like a wrestler than a pastor in the beginning. So can you tell us the story behind that? Well, you know, wrestling was my dream. Ministry was my calling. I mean, I knew that I was going to be a pastor. And the great thing, my last three years in wrestling was while I was getting my uh, degree from seminary. Uh, I would go to seminary in the daytime and then I would wrestle at night. And uh, it was it was was pretty a pretty awesome life. But I knew that it was going to come to an end one day. And then when I graduated from seminary, I went to my first church as a pastor and uh, you know, you're you're learning on the run, too, as a pastor, because I'd never been one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you, you you run into some, I had this precious uh, young mom of two children who came to our church, and uh, she was very elusive. I didn't get to meet her or talk to her very much. And one day she came out of the service and took my hand, and she had sunglasses on. And when she took my hand, she had her head down and and tears started coming down her cheeks. And I lifted the sunglasses and uh, she had two black eyes and it just infuriated. I mean, any man that would hit a woman is a dirtbag. And uh, I was I was just infuriated when I saw it. I asked her, I said, who did this? And it was her husband. And I told her, I said, I'm going to go visit him. And she was, you know, please don't, he'll hurt you. And I, I'm not worried about it. <laughs> uh, so I, you know, I went to see him and I called him out and I said, you know, I want to see how you do against somebody who's able to fight back. Yeah. And, and I said a few other things, you know, you're, you're hitting the mother of your children, you know, what in the world? 
So we uh, danced in the parking lot and, and uh, it was awesome. You know, I, I was using professional wrestling in the ministry. And then I started having, I started having episode after episode after episode happen where I was handling things uh, more as a professional wrestler than as a pastor. And uh, that's ultimately what led to me writing the book. I, all I did was just put down the episodes that had happened, but each episode really had to do with a lesson that I'd learned while I grew up from Miss Edna. She, she taught me so many things. And so I, uh, you know, I was just fulfilling. She used to say, uh, she'd quote Edmund Burke, the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. Mm-hmm. And I had to do something. I couldn't just let those things happen. And so uh, it was a different world back in those days. I mean, today, if I was doing that, I'd probably get shot. Uh, but in, in those days, you know, you could handle them the way that I did. And I don't regret it. I mean, I, I would do it all over again. And even to this day, I can't stand bullying. And if I see someone, I'm going to, I'm going to say something, I'm going to do something. And usually because of uh, Miss Edna that I, I continue to do those things. Mm-hmm. That's so special. So share a little bit about a little more about what's in the book and how it became a movie. Yeah. Like I say, each chapter is really a, something that actually happened to me in my life and, and the way that I, I handled it and became a, you know, a Christian vigilante. Um, but I, you know, I love, uh, I loved a guy named Michael Landon. Uh, he, he had a great show on called uh, little house on the prairie and he had two girls. I had two girls. Uh, and then he had that great series called highway to heaven. Yeah, now the great thing about those two, um, uh, TV programs was that you could watch them with your entire family and not be embarrassed of something. And I thought, you know, after he died, no one was making good, moral, wholesome programs and putting them on TV. And so my idea was to make the mass scene into a TV series. Uh, but after the book came out, immediately I was contacted by a movie producer here in the Orlando area Mm -hmm. who had been the producer of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies. Uh, But he called me in. uh, He had just made a faith-based movie called Letters to God. Uh, So I talked with him. And matter of fact, I talked with him for about a year. They had a script written, everything. It was very exciting. And then all of a sudden he said, "Uh, no, I'm not interested anymore. But during that time, I met a bunch of people in the movie industry and had more people contact me. And then one day I had this producer from Canada that contacted me, asked me if anything had been done with my book. And I said, no, he flew down from Canada. He flew down and met me at Disney World and uh, continued to work on it until one day he called me uh, and said, hey, we're going to make your book into a movie and I was just overwhelmed hoping it would be a tv series but it ended up being a movie who who could have imagined something like that happening mm-hmm. it's incredible and it was received very well like at film festivals that won awards yeah you know Chrissy I, the movie came out in theaters uh in January of uh, 2016 and then in 2016, it was on Netflix for three years. And uh, now it is on Amazon Prime. And so 
even though it was made 16 years ago, there's not a week that goes by that I don't have someone email me, message me on Facebook or Twitter or something saying, hey, I just saw the movie and I just wanted you to know how much I enjoyed it. And I have people that fly down here from all parts of the country uh, just to, to meet me and to spend time with me and to ask me about it. Uh, just a few weeks ago, I had this couple from Des Moines, Iowa, that flew down to uh, to meet me and to get a picture with me and uh, ask me all kinds of questions about the, the mass thing. So even though it's been some time, the movie is still making a big impact on a lot of people. What is the it's obviously touching them in some way. What is the most common feedback that you get about how they're touched? Uh, the most common feedback is that. You know, we have second chances. I had second chances in the movie. And that just because you fail does not mean that that is final. Failure is not final because we get so many different chances. And so I, I think that's the answer, Chrissy, is that people are saying, hey, you know, I didn't I didn't think about this, but I'm trying this as a result of that because uh, I'm not going to give up. And. So that's that's exciting that uh, it's making that kind of an impact. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what is the best advice you could give someone today that is chasing a dream of their own? You know, um, my best advice today is uh, don't give up. I mean, keep, you know, every time you go down one road, if there's a roadblock there, you, you go down a different road and you just don't take no for an answer. Um, you know, even when I uh, tried to get my book published, I can't tell you how many times mm -hmm. I heard no, but I didn't let that stop me. And then even after I was told no by different people in the movie industry, uh, I didn't stop at that. And ultimately it was made. And so you just you just keep keep heading down that road and, and don't let anybody tell you you can't do it because you can't. That's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. Where can people find your book? Well, you said the movie is on Amazon Prime. Where can people find your book? Yep. They are, you know, you can go on Amazon. That's the best place, the cheapest. Yes, yeah. on Amazon and order it. Uh, but if you go to my website, which is www.themaskedthemaskedthemaskedthemaskedthemaskedthemaskedthemaskedthemaskedthemaskedthemaskedthemaskedthemaskedthemaskedthemaskedthemaskedthemaskedthemaskedthemaskedthemaskedthemask
Thank you. Great advice. Hey, thank you so much. I appreciate this opportunity to be with you. And I've just read so much stuff about you. And you're just an awesome lady. Oh, and thank you. I, I am so blessed to, to be with you this morning. And I thank you for that. It's been my honor. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of HealthWise 360 here on the In the Limelight Podcast Network, where we enlighten, entertain, and educate our listeners. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe. And don't forget to tell your friends.